Boogie from the Jimmy Cass Bunch featuring the Everything Man. I think that's E-Man. E-Man. And then we heard him, Bertha Butt Boogie. So what would you do? I was going to come over here.
That is the sound of the first invented musical instrument. And it happened a long, long time ago. How long ago? I'd say when mankind still lived in caves. Now, when I first started to speak, I hope you noticed how carefully I said invented, because the human voice is also a musical The sounds we first heard on this record were from the beating and slapping of our chests and thighs with our own Drums of all sizes, covered with the skins of various animals. Finally, the army head grew to this. The snare drum, struck with two wooden sticks.
I'm joined by Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth. Hi. Oh my God. Oh my we're God. back in we're studio. Back. Oh my God. We're together in the same place at the same time. Oh, the sun is out. It's after nice. The rain. It's good in San Francisco right now. Happy holidays, ho ho days. We're already at the end of this goddamn year. Yeah. What, somebody. I'm so glad about the rain because the poop. The poop is getting egregious here. It is. Oh, it's it's it terrible. Is, it is um, not okay. You know they. Um, <laughs> and it's going to get worse too because I was watching the news and they just was talking about they just closed down the uh, injection site 
Oh, right there. At, uh, is it uh, the safe injection site on O'Farrell? Oh, not on O'Farrell. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. It's um right at a uh, Civic Center. Okay. Oh, oh the the place the. Uh, but it's not. It was called a transitional center. Or yes, um, it was a transitional center. They help you with jobs yeah, and right, places. Right, right. And they closed that down. Yeah. And they were giving out water and they had food and they were helping with like eyesight and. All kinds of things. Shoes, socks. Yeah. Socks, socks, socks. Oh my God. When I see someone with six pairs of socks and it's wet out and I'm just like, you don't have any shoes, but you have six pairs of socks, but they're all wet. That sucks so badly. That's so bad. So but I'm not worried about the human poop. What I've been <coughs> noticing is the dog poop because the rich people aren't picking up their dog poop. Everyone's just letting their dogs shit again because they're like, I think this is their mindset. They're like, okay, I spend <laughs> a lot of money in this city and there are people pooping on the street. So you know what? I'm pissed about it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have my dog poop on the street right that's what i'm gonna do there's so much dog shit on the street i i'm seeing all types of shit mm -hmm. uh i don't some of it you can tell it's dog shit some of it i don't know question man or beast man or beast but i'm just i am realizing that <clears throat> as expensive as this town is and i we say this all the time it's not worth the money to live here um it's unsafe and when i mean unsafe i'm not just talking about violence or crime i mean health wise mm -hmm. it's not we're Pam's mentioning the poop thing mm -hmm. i mean it's man or beast there um there you know the homeless needles on the street needles on the street oh that i was just i see needles we're on, on the, the same street. point that is something like because unfortunately why i mentioned the um the transitional place those people are, that means now there's going to be even more questionably housed. Mm -hmm. And one of some of the stories I heard about the transitional place that helped people, a couple of the people they interviewed were like, yeah, this place helped me find a job. And this other person was like, I finally got housing through this place. And then this one the other person was talking about how, like, you know, I hate the fact that we're all categorized as like, you know, people that are, you know, always getting high and stuff like that when mm -hmm. a lot of us just need a place to live right. and something simple like that. But they lost their lease. It's been a year. And we hate poor people so much. Yes. Uh, that's I've just learned that. I think that's why we as Americans have always invested so much in our teeth. And then we didn't have insurance for dental for a while. So the old, that was one of the signs of wealth is if your teeth looked awesome, you were clearly wealthy because it's just outward sign of wealth. We also crazy on status symbols. You see, I saw someone with a Louis Vuitton vest on and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> is that real Louis Vuitton? And it was like the ugly LV thing. And I was like, oh my God. And just money, money, money. And just don't look poor. Don't look poor. Because once you look poor, people think you're a prostitute. We it's weird. I get propositioned on the street all the time. We even, and what's even sad is like, even those, you know, poor middle-class working class, we even, some of us even have the audacity to job shame people mm. who have a job. Yeah. Like I, I heard someone job shaming someone because they worked at Cricket. I'm like, well, at least they got a fucking job. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Gainfully employed. Since, Good for you. Since when do we start, you know. And, and the thing is that person that's job shaming him, them ain't got a pot to piss in. Mm -hmm. And I think we're also, all of us are too obsessed with celebrity and 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 wealth it's image i really think it, it all comes down to image and americans don't like poor people so if you have the image of a poor person it's a really fine razor line though because right now i have some outfits you know literally from the 80s and some girls that are under 25 they're wearing these outfits but it's like i'm sort of like 80s retro like 
future 80s old but it's all like new expensive stuff and if you wear the exact stuff from the 80s they're like oh gross you're poor so it's this very fine line between looking super classy and looking like a poser prostitute and unfortunately i'm giving off the vibe of the latter this whole prostitute thing's been going on all year with you i don't understand i don't i've never really heard people before like as much as this year mistake you Mm -hmm. because i think i i think that society doesn't understand cisgender women identifying people with power and strength unless they're maybe selling their body i don't know maybe it's that if you are a self-possessed feminist people assume I don't How know. How do don't overthink I don't, it? I, I don't, I, they don't even know that you're a feminist. I think it's the fact that you're good old fashioned, like gross, uh, male identified, like you're, you know, what I think, I, I think she can suck my dick. That's the first thing that will come to like a man's head, I guess. But so. I think that if they're asking if I'm working, they're not, they legitimately think I am going to have sex with them for money. Yeah. I'm going to, yeah. and so, that I'm somehow giving off that vibe, which I'm not <laughs> in any shape. Like, it is never in my, but, and then it, it, I can't take it as like a slight, like, like they're being misogynistic, but then also do they think that they're giving me a compliment? I don't, I'm, I'm confused and I don't like it. And I don't understand why I'm interpreted but the way I feel inside and the way I'm ex- interpreted externally are so different. I can't even conceptualize how other people see me. And then I try to conceptualize how other people see me. And that's not a good idea. Mm-hmm. It's really hard because then I'm thinking about what everyone else thinks about me. But then when I actually act like myself, I feel like people don't like me. So I, I don't know. There's always this shame around being authentic, but that's all I can be. But then I feel like, oh my God, this is a mental health issue and I should just be like everybody else and get a lobotomy and be excited about oat foam at Starbucks, like in work there and just be like. I think it's an environment. I really think I had something to do with this place. It really, I mean, I don't know. I, I never, I've never been in love with San Francisco. I, I like it rather than how I, you know, they asked me five years ago, I could have told you something different. But I think it's it, it, it's the environment that we live in, honestly. I loved San Francisco until the pandemic end, ended. When, it came, when we came back from the pandemic, it wasn't that I stopped loving San Francisco. I feel that San Francisco stopped loving me. Mm. So it's more of like, that's the vibe I'm getting from what I, because... I feel like I've accomplished a lot of things and helped a lot of people and I've put on a bunch of festivals and, you know, maybe maybe they aren't the biggest or the best, but I'm doing something. Mm-hmm. Like, and to be negated and, and feel and not feel appreciated, it's hard. And then I feel like, oh my God, I'm such a white woman. This is so like, why am I not appreciated? But then it goes back to like, I didn't have any kids, you know? And I'm sure that mothers feel that way about their children, that they feel taken advantage of and that they give and give and give and they don't get a lot of anything in return. Like how many people with their first Oscar stand up on stage and go, and I want to thank my mom. 
Like, nobody does that anymore. Everybody takes advantage of their mothers. Um, and I've never got to, and I don't even know what I'm talking about. I had no dog in that fight. I have no kids of my own. But, you know, this is a this is a 10-year-late abortion on this radio station <laughs> if it disappears. It was supposed to die. It was supposed to die in 2013. And I said, no, I'm adopting this stupid, ugly baby. And I turned it into a smelly little dirt bag that smells like weed. And... And then now it's just going to go, bye. Well, I mean, uh, you can definitely tell, definitely after the pandemic things. I mean, of course, things weren't going to stay the same, but they didn't change for the better. Mm. Um, it's it's just like there's just so much negative energy so much. all around. Like I'm trying to be in the Christmas sphere or the sure, holiday sphere and sure. trying to get a little positive, but... There's so much going on where I can be distracted and snap back to the so easy. And it's again, I think it's the environment. It's not my people I surround myself by because I'm always surrounded by positive things that are going on. Here's here. an example. I was full of Thanksgiving joy. I was full of turkey and pie, delicious things. And I'd gotten off the Bart. I was so happy. Thank you, good Dr. Katie, for the wonderful incredible family enjoyment and so i'm in the fucking holiday goddamn spirit skipping down the street smiling at people and i'm at a stop walk and i smile at a man and he smiles back and i said happy holidays and then he said i'll give you ten dollars to make out with me oh story true story so i look back at him and i said i said why'd you have to make it gross like i was i was being nice and I walked really fast away. So Ew. that's the ex- exact example of what San Francisco is right now. It's like you try to, if I'm walking down the street and I have a smile because I'm, God forbid, thinking about something fucking pleasant, someone will say something gross to me like, oh, girl, you got some teeth on you. Or like they'll say it's something. Right on your goddamn parade. Well, it's like, can I have a joyful moment without somebody externally commenting on it or saying, like, Ew. I didn't ask to be noticed here. Maybe it's just that I'm not, because I specifically ask to be noticed in a certain context, I don't like it when it happens without, without consent. Maybe that's it, is when I stand on stage, I'm giving, I'm giving the audience consent to judge me, to stare at me, to listen to me, to ignore me. But either way, the idea is that you're paying attention to me. <laughs> I, you know, this this also melts into the whole people thinking, assuming that you are some kind of call girl. That's yes, the same. it's just like you know, when <laughs> you're actually, how many people just go up to someone and say happy holidays? Thanks, really, you know, like I'm sorry, he that smiled at me first, and that's and, that's and then I was like, and then I was like in the spirit, I was like, all right, hey, happy happy holidays, man, and then. And that killed and joy. Then, yeah, and then I'll pay you ten dollars to make out with me. Wow, and motherfucker, ten dollars? You think I'm worth ten dollars? How poor bitch. do you think I am, motherfucker? Like, oh, $10, maybe you can't even get a full bill with ten dollars. Maybe in this for a hundred. Honestly, honestly, if you would have, if he would have, for a hundred dollars, I would have, I would have paused for a moment, and then said. Give me the money first. <laughs> <laughs> and you would have to give him a certs. 
I don't know. I didn't look that closely at him. I just, I just, he Breath. wasn't. Anyone that I didn't, invites himself to, like, to say that to me has that. Well, I'm not going to tongue the guy. Jesus Christ. He would I guess he said you. make out with me. That's different than kiss. Yeah. Well, see, now I'm, like, evaluating the whole thing. But there's a context for attention, and I don't know. I don't feel like we're at – okay, and so how about that then? Usually, for a while, I was looking like this, right? And I wasn't trying to – I mean, I'm, my colors match or whatever, but this isn't like a sexy Pam put together. I'm not, like, She's wearing, not in like, her cheerleading jacket. Yeah, I'm not sweater. wearing, like yeah. – so sometimes I put myself together. And lately, sometimes I've been wearing makeup, whatever. And when I do that, I honestly get more unwanted attention. And I, and I try to empathize and think they think they're being nice to me because I'm old and they think I don't get attention and that I want it. And I, but I do want attention. I just want it when I'm on stage. I don't think you look, because you don't look your age. So I don't, I, I would throw that out of the notion. See, you know. and then here we are again. I'm trying to think about what other people are thinking, yeah. which is not, no, who can do that? That's You're in your head too much. And people say that, and then it's, <laughs> I don't know what that means. I'm like, I don't know. Is that I think too much? Jesus Christ, did people tell Socrates he thought too much? Hey, Socrates, stop thinking so much, bro. There's a difference between <laughs> thinking and being in your head. Like, meaning, being in your head to me is just like, I'm over, I, I, I'm, Taking things too seriously. Yes, yeah, which will end up driving me crazy. And then also with that, I'm battling the angel and the demon on me with the insecurity issue mm -hmm. with being all in my head, thinking that, oh, it's going to turn into a me problem. Right. And I don't want, when I'm already trying to work on thyself, I don't need that. How about this is what I've been trying to do. I've been trying to only speak when I actually have something meaningful to say that's not negative. And I've been trying. And then what ends up happening is that I just sit there silently. And then people think I'm standoffish. <laughs> so it's like win. I can't win. <laughs> if I quietly sit in the corner and try to look pleasant because I don't want to say anything negative and I don't have anything positive to add that's meaningful – and then I just sit there silently. Then even with a pleasant, I try. And the only thing I can think in my head is just try to look pleasant. And, but then, but then I've heard that it, I look like I'm smug. So it's like, <laughs> if I try to look pleasant, I'm smug. If I, if I frown, I'm a pissy pants in a bad mood. If I get drunk, then I'm uh, this wasted crazy bitch. If I act like myself, then everybody's mad at me later. It's like, I can't win here. I don't, I don't know who to be. I don't know what part to play, and the only one I like is the one where I'm on stage telling jokes. I like that. But then lately, comedians have been telling me that they don't like that and that I'm not funny. But I had two really killer performances on Saturday night, and I felt so comfortable and so wonderful, and the audience really loved me. See, right there, what you just said yes. is the most important thing. <sighs> Fuck, you need to stop worrying and trying to please those people who will probably never make it who probably ain't that fucking funny. And obviously, they don't have the grace. I don't have grace. You got, <laughs> you got a little bit of grace. You got, you got, you got, 
I'm not just talking on stage either. I'm talking oh my about God, in life no as well. Way. I'm like constantly walking the precipice of a emotional breakdown, like severe emotional collapse coming. Well, it's I like, agree with that too. Yeah, <laughs> it is not graceful. This is not a graceful point in my well, life. When I'm talking about in a professional manner, that's well. When you're out, when you're doing your job, a paid gig. Mm-hmm. Oh, I get it done. That's yeah. that's what I'm talking about as yeah. well. So that's why I said you yeah. got some grace in you. When but I work for Hella Funny, I because they pay me and I perform and the audiences are always good and they respect me and they make me feel like I'm a good comedian. And then I do, and then I knock it out of the park every time. But when I get to a show and I feel like these people don't really like me, there's other people on the bill that don't think I'm funny, it's a small crowd, blah, blah. I mean, all of these things. I love performing. I love it. But I hate, I hate performing in front of other comedians because it's just I constantly feel like they don't think I'm funny. And I, I can't, I just can't deal with it. You need to let those people go. I do that I because just... they're around me every day, all the time. So that's why I need to go somewhere else. <laughs> like, <Try>. seriously. <laughs> There's, it's fine. I'm telling you, dude. The promised land of Greece is like, I just, I, it's almost like I'd be retiring, but I'm not. Obviously, I'd be working really hard, like on a bunch of different things. I have my new, I, I told you about this, my poetry book I want to work on, mm-hmm. the land acknowledgement. Um, it's such a white lady thing to do. It's terrible. It's disgustingly <laughs> white lady. But what else can I do except acknowledge that, like, I don't want to be the person that doesn't acknowledge that all of these things happened. I don't want to just skate on it and be like, woo, this was all manifest destiny. White people did it. Wahoo! You know, like, well, I deserve every, every single, every single privilege. I earned, I got it, I'm entitled to those. No, those were like fucking gifted and not even gifted, stolen. It's not a gift. So it was a gift from my parents and maybe from their parents, but 100, 200 years ago, it was stolen. Anyway, so the land acknowledgement book, I mean, and I think like once I have distance from San Francisco and California, because I've never lived anywhere outside of California, once I have that distance, I'll be able to create something with perspective, you know? So I, I forgot about that. Yeah, I've never lived outside of California. You know, born in Livermore, moved, we were in Pleasanton for a minute, then Danville, then I was in San Diego, and then up back up in Davis. I, you know, I was a camp counselor in Santa Cruz Mountains for a while, so I'll count oh, that for the cool. summers. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, Davis. I'll count like skiing in Lake Tahoe because I want to get the Donner Party in there because that shit's cool. I did you did you hear all the crazy Donner Party stories? No. Did we talk about this? No, I so didn't the, even know you were a camp counselor. I was an ex camp counselor, so oh, yeah. I never knew that. Oh yeah, all right, counselor. So I so I have all these different dots on the map to be able to explore what Indigenous people lived there first, and then the year that I was there, I'm going to write letters to people of that tribe or the Californios were here or the Mexicans or we're gonna we'll we'll spread around we'll spread around the white guilt, I think, a little bit. <laughs> but it's not necessarily it's it's gonna be apology letters basically mm-hmm. and gratitude letters and saying things to the people that were there and like acknowledging the fucked up shit that happened. It's gonna be a lot of research because I'm gonna have to know what the peoples were and the history of the peoples and when we took them over and did they have to go to reservations, where did we put them, blah, blah, blah. Um, <clears throat> but the Donner Party stuff is really amazing because 
there was a there was a tribe of, of Native Americans that lived up there. In fact, they summered, and there's this beach, and it's the best when you walk, when you're hiking and you walk by this beach. It's like Native American tribes have been using this beach for summer campouts for thousands of years. And, like, they used the lake, and they'd get all these fish, and they'd dry them. But it's basically all summer they just party up there. And that's, like, right where the Donners fucking died. So it was a big winter, and there were, like, 20 snow drifts, and it's just that they didn't know how to survive. And the Native Americans tried to help them. So in the beginning, they gave them some dead rabbits, and they put them around the camp. And the Donner Party, like, got them and didn't really know or whatever happened. Then they they didn't – well, they got – they figured it out, I think. But then the Native Americans, right when the big snow started hitting, they tried to offer them a dead deer. They had dressed a deer. They had brought them basically a deer, and the Donner Party shot at them. Shot at them with guns. Shot at them. So they could have been saved if they, the racism killed them. If they could have been open to see that the Native Americans were bearing gifts and trying to help them through the motherfucking winter. Every but in, time they get tricked. Shot at them. And so then they went back even later to check on the crazy white people. And they saw the bones and they saw that they'd been eating each other. And then they were like, they are demons from another dimension. They went back. They prayed to their gods. So they the were like. Wait, 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 go back. So the Donners were eating each other cannibalism? Yeah. So the Donner, they, the Donner yeah. Party um, was, it was a group of people that left. They went, they left on the, and funny enough, um, Abraham Lincoln was supposed to be in the Donner Party. And it was a cabinet maker and this other, and Donner was the oldest. So that's why they named it after him. And they left on the last possible day from Missouri. And then they tried to take a shortcut. They tried to take a shortcut. And it, and it was an untried shortcut. But the guys lied and said it didn't say. Anyways, they bought a shortcut. And the people said it was tried and true, but no one had ever done it before. So then they went this long way. And all these people, there were all these problems. And then they kicked this one guy out. There was a fight. And they were, like, killing each other, the white people. Okay, on the way. Then they get to, finally, to, like, the Donner Lake area. And it just starts snowing, and it's crazy. And it was one of the biggest storms. It was in the uh, winter from 19, 1846 to 1847. And the snows were bigger than they'd ever been, ever, and since years and years and years, many, many years. And the drifts got very, very high, and it was, it was pretty crazy winter. But, but they still, um, they decided to camp there, and they couldn't figure out how to find food. They couldn't, there was a lake right there, but they couldn't ice fish. They didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know what the fuck they were doing. So they were like eating their shoes and they <laughs> ate all their animals. They <laughs> ate the hides. They were, eating, they were eating like a glue-like paste. They were hiding food from each other. There were three different cabins. Anyways, the Native Americans ride to help them and they I, <laughs> shot I at them. This is, okay, so there's the movie about I haven't seen the movie yet. I want to see the movie. It actually looks really good, and I have to watch this later tonight. It came out in 09, but Crispin Glover oh as God. William Forrester. Oh, All right. right. Already it's starting good. Uh, Christian Kane, I don't know who that is. Um, Harry Wayne Moore, I've seen this guy before. And then there's the Mark Boone Jr. guy. He was like on the um, Sons of Anarchy okay, show. Okay, okay. So there's some like cool people their faces look familiar but the story Kristen Glover is the leading guy so it's already going to be a shit show. The, the 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 story is scintillating this. it is a scintillating story about the last wagon train that they left the they were the last opportunity to leave and it's the hubris of a white man that have no idea what they're doing or where they're going or how to get it done and traveling across and yeah the Donner party and they ate each other and so some of them Women and children mostly lived, but it's because the guys were getting in fights 
and it was i mean it's it's a dramatic story of a bunch of stupid white people making For a lot of mistakes yes, yes making misery. a lot of make, making right. a lot of mistakes Good job. Another... <laughs> so <laughs> yeah but, but they killed the my God. I, they okay, didn't so kill I'm... they didn't kill any americans they shot at them we don't shot know at, excuse me shot at they them. shot at them instead the... of accepting the help and that just proves that the racism of white people can literally kill cause us to cannibalize each other <laughs> <laughs> what a metaphor <laughs> and they say california's not backwards yeah Come on now. right on my crime um <laughs> but so the back to the poetry book i'm gonna write these like letters to all the indigenous people from the eight people of my age group as me like writing back and forth and they'll be poetic it's kind of like ted hughes when he wrote his um prize-winning book of letters to um fucking sylvia plath his just birthday letters he wrote her a, he wrote her a letter on her birthday every year after she killed herself and then he put them together in a poetry book and made and got ted hughes anyways capitalized on her death and i'm not going to capitalize on i'll give i promise i'll give money to all the tribes if I make any money on this poetry book, I will donate it to like reparations in some form or fashion. So it seems like we, I mean, <laughs> I, I never heard of this story. So I'm now going to go into a rabbit hole. Oh, it's hole. so fun. It's, it's such a good story. Typical white yeah. <laughs> shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> typical. It, it, it goes back to when you were telling me this. I'm thinking of Columbus and when yeah. he went to the islands and what he did to uh the people there and their way of gratitude he, i end up killing them You're right yeah <laughs> you know it's a nightmare so the one guy they kicked out they kicked out he went on his own he made it to sutter's fort he's the one that sent the search parties he like sent multiple search parties to find them because they they made him leave his family they exiled him after there was a fight and he killed a guy and they're like okay now you're exiled and so he went on his own so he made it on his own to sutter's fort and then he was the one who sent the parties back to find them. And it was just this crazy winter where it was like storming, storming, storming. So this one group of five, the, the group of forlorn hope, they all leave together. I think there were seven. And they ended up getting discovered finally, but two of them died. And they were huddled underneath. They, all they brought was a blanket, and they were, going, and they were like huddled underneath a blanket. And winter, they all thought they were going to die. But the search party found them. They're like, ah! Anyways, you'll watch the movie. It's so good. My retelling is it's, it's, far it's, too brief. It, it looks like it takes place. Old Russian stuff it's like 1846. that. It's 1846 so, yeah, to 1847, yeah. That's the heart of the country. Yeah, so it's like an eight-month journey story. And uh, how do we get on the subject? Oh, because of my poetry book that I'm oh, going to write. When I have distance from San Francisco, from California. I don't think anyone's ever done anything like that before. And also just like a full on land acknowledgement. Like it's like <laughs> saying we, we, Hey, we suck over here. Sorry about that. Like, I don't know who else is going to, I'm sorry. My little poetry books, but at least someone's saying a Californian, it. Uh, real California history. Right. Cause you are, everyone always just talks about the gold rush and mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. But there's other things that California, white California history. Well, the, the the Native Americans that lived here and the skills that they have, like I, like people like Wania um, with uh, Buck, Buckskin Revolution that are teaching indigenous skills to help people with, it's like survival skills, but also more than survival skills, it's how people lived here before we got here. Mm -hmm. Before we built these houses, before we had these roads, this infrastructure, this destruction of the planet, when we lived in 
tune with the land around us. What did that mean? I don't even understand that. I can't conceptualize it. I would love to, and I respect, and I think it's like lost knowledge that is super important knowledge. Like, how do you live? How do you, how do you live without all of this? (laughs) How do you, you know, like uh, Walden Pond with uh, fucking Thoreau, man, Henry David Thoreau living out there off $26 for a year, building a house out of stuff and fishing and living, you know, living to the marrow. Really important for land to live or to know part of the land that you live because I mean all of this, all land is all sacred because all there was somebody else for you and then and so I, I you know even with if you were growing being one with the or Without an AK forty two. Yeah, right. Bow and arrow, okay. man. Fucking yeah. get back. You know, get a I, spear. that's why I appreciate appreciate hunting. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've never done it. I've I've only done done fishing and stuff. But you know, I appreciate hunters who do hunt that style with a bow and arrow mm-hmm. or what have you because you're appreciating that thing of on the land, it's life as well. You know. And I think here in America in part especially here since in the urban jungle, we, we forget all that, even in suburbia. And then, even with you just, you know, going to another place that is completely different and a completely lang- different language, complete different alphabet. Yeah. I mean, hello, the alphabet is like, oh, Jesus. But that's, you know, that poetry is going to also marry into that, that new chapter as well i agree with you that all land is sacred because land is dirt and uh you know dust to dust we we come from dirt we go back to dirt things are grown in dirt dirt is all we are dirt it's the whole deal so all well all land is sacred we do eat dirt because it makes Mm -hmm. our things grow and all this stuff like it's all part of one and we all land is sacred because every part of that dirt i'm sure something has died on every bit of everything that exists right so that means Absolutely. it's all sacred if we value life oh my and gosh and i think that's the problem what we see now is what that last thing that you just said right there value right there is such a lack of value in life like we see you know Bring i don't want to sound like someone's auntie but I've noticed the value of our life has just gone downhill because we're so addicted to being on our some kind of technology, what have you. We don't have a balance, which is very unhealthy. We don't do things in moderation, <laughs> which is very unhealthy. And then our value, we dep- depreciate our value of life, and we also let others take advantage of our You know, I hear these horrible stories about this 12-year-old who killed his mom because... <gasps> Uh, she didn't buy him a uh, a three hundred dollar. Whoa! Like stuff. I mean, like well, it's like school sh- shootings. That's, that's like that's like no va- value of life. life. That's what when a twelve year old gets an AK forty seven and they have no value of the concept of life. Because when I was twelve, I was like mm-hmm. every baby chicken, like you, like a bird in the sky. I'm like everything. Like oh my god, my heart is so soft to right. everything living. I can't even. I couldn't even. I was crying when we had to dissect that dead frog when I was fourteen. I was bawling. It was so hard just because I just. Like I love life and to see it dead and have I to. I can't see like, an animal. I get I get sad when I see roadkill because yeah. I'm like, oh, 
Oh, even oh. if it's just a, a a squirrel, I'm like, oh man, yeah. that squirrel's live. Oh, it but when I see be... an alive squirrel, it gives me such rampant joy. Like I love squirrels. I see them like, I love you, squirrel. This is squirrel. It's squirrel. I, <laughs> I don't mind them. They don't do anything to me, and oh. I appreciate them. But the value, because we're so used to seeing violence, mm. and we're you know a lot of us watch it not on t not on TV, you guys or. Uh, a TV show, it's just on your social media. Or it's in your own home, for God's sake. I mean, I've heard, mm -hmm. I've seen people arguing in front of their children that is yeah. so uh, just like not even recognizing that there's a child there. Exactly. And saying things to each other and just throwing such negativity that it's like, wow. And so mm -hmm. if a child, and if that's violence, if that's verbal violence it that is, is seen yeah. externally, like on the street, imagine what's happening in that home. It's, it's, and that's being processed into that person's right. mind. And then that, and I'm glad you did say that with the parents, because that's also could be a cycle that the parent is repeating sure. as well or from what they saw. And, and it's so when, on. and all the child learns is when I'm frustrated and I don't get my way, I fight and I yell. Mm -hmm. That's I hurt. I hurt, and that's probably not the best way to go no. about things. I see a lot more hurt people on this street, and it, it kind of coincides with like you know how you wanted to, you just said Happy Thanksgiving to someone, and then and then they blew negativity all over. Right, me. right. Unless they thought they were trying to be positive because they, they think I'm a sex worker and that's <laughs> a good deal. <laughs> I, the, that was just negative all around. <laughs> I think so but too. I was not happy about it. We don't value ourselves, and I don't. We definitely don't value others, and it just seems like sometimes it is better to just go back to the land, <laughs> be, oh and, and and touch some dirt. Put me on a Greek island. Oh, uh -huh. coming soon. Coming Pio. soon. Yeah, I mean, it's. I enjoyed myself when I was in Portugal. Um, they I, won today, by the way. They beat my beloved Swiss oh, six to one. It was it was horrific. It was it was just the oh, right, their Portugal. offense. Yeah, poor, and they didn't even play Ronaldo until the last four minutes. Yeah, they, they held they held him out. They, they said the best they, for last. They they held him out because he his ego got the best of him. And then the guy they replaced him with got a hat trick, and he's twenty one years old. Dude. Ramos, dear God, it was it was so sad. And I love Jan Sommer, the keeper, and it was they were all impossible goals. He couldn't have. There's only one of them that he maybe could have gotten a hand on, but the rest of them are just out of nowhere. And he had no, de his defensemen were doing nothing today. It was it was a completely different Swiss team than we saw in the last game. It was really upsetting for me. I've been paying attention. <laughs> sorry, guys, we're talking about uh, I'm sorry, the World, Cup, uh, the World Cup. I'm just I've been paying attention as well. Did you know that Wales had not been in the World Cup since 1958, and this is his first time? time? Well, I'm really and excited for out. England. I hope that England beats France. I'm excited for England, too. I don't <laughs> want France to win two years in a row. Mbappe, no. you know, Undergold. you've done... Dog. We know you're the best player in the world right now, Mbappe. Just go back to France, eat a croissant. It's going to be fine. Have a baguette, some butter and jam. France has a, two, uh, a killing black people problem, too. So, uh, nah, and I'm Mbappe not. is black, so maybe he could stand up and say something. But Fran France, they always They always good. won. They won last time. Yeah. So, And I love the English team because I know all the players on the team because they're all in the Premier League, and I watch Premier League. And so it's fun for me to watch because I know the players. Mm -hmm. So I like them. The Swiss were my team. I also love the Netherlands. I love, love, love the Dutch. Um, they got beaten by Spain back in 2012, 2014. I, I can't remember the year, 2014. Oh, it's a very sad face. Um, so I'd love to see the Dutch do well. Morocco is, is a, 
under a super underdog, and they're going to play Portugal. Portugal's probably. Oh, gonna that's going to be a good game. When is that game? That mm-hmm. is, they're the. It's the last. Yeah, I think it's on Sunday. I can't remember. Thursday is the next one that's big. Okay. So I get tomorrow off, and I'm going to do my laundry. Okay. So then I've Thursday been watching way too much World Cup. I haven't been getting anything done in my like real life. Like, <laughs> I mean, I've been feeding my cats obviously and changing their water, um, and their litter box. I'm sorry, kitties, but I have not. I have four loads of laundry that are all divided and ready to go and I just my excuse is that oh, I don't have enough quarters oh <laughs> and I get it I have five dollars in my back pocket I'm going to the bank Portugal I'm getting kicks Switzerland's ass. yeah it was it was rough to watch as a Swiss fan it was six? they couldn't yeah they couldn't get anything six done. to one six to one it was really rough Ooh, is that one of the highest one games of the highest so far? it's one of the highest scoring games it um no Brazil beat somebody like that Brazil beat Costa Rica like seven to one or something Damn, they got but um <laughs> there haven't in the it's the highest scoring game in a in a quarterfinals that there's i think been since like 1950 something or something i remember they were saying something but i can't remember everything anyways so two of my teams are out now i was really going for japan and uh the swiss but two of my teams are still in so the netherlands and england i'm going for england you know why yeah no of course <laughs> and i for me, it's just that I know the players, and, and I'd like to see Harry Kane get a get a World Cup trophy because this is gonna be his last year playing. It would because be, he's old. It would be nice for the holidays and then have be celebrating. Yeah, England with you know with the World Cup victors. Hell the, yeah, exactly. You know, because I think the, I think the last time they won was in nineteen sixty six. In a while. So, yeah, it was. This we is the born. year. If it's we, gonna happen, this we is the year. Born yet. Yeah. It that way than the last time they won. So Harry Kane, if he can. Anyways, I'm excited for the English team. I, I think that they're real, real, real contenders. Even though against the, that United States English England game was <laughs> pathetic. And I, I did watch that. What a waste of time. I was just getting ready to oh say my some, God. talk some shit. It was bad. Uh, this news. lets you know that they need to invest more money into the USA women's soccer yeah, team. Exactly. We can at least over. take. Uh, world, world, world Cup. Cup. Yeah, hell yeah. Invest. Because that shit, I was watching it, and the yeah. only thing I was thinking about was, and they don't invest into these so women's soccer teams. This was the crazy thing. is <laughs> I saw that I saw that game at Standard Deviant, which is a great brewery downtown. Everybody go check them out on 15th and Mission. Great great beer. Love Standard Deviant. Anyway, yeah, free, free plug for them. But it was, the place was packed. <laughs> and I was kind of going for England, so I was being quiet. Jonathan and I were sitting there, and we're just like, shh. But, um, I couldn't handle it because the whole crowd started chanting USA, USA, uh-oh, USA uh-oh, uh-oh. and it felt racist I to did. me. It felt like in the heart of my being, I was like, I cannot chant this. It feels horribly racist. And then in the other game, the game that they lost, um, they, the people were chanting, this is the worst. It's called soccer. It's called soccer. And I'm like, the hubris of you, American motherfuckers? Are you fucking kidding me? It's called soccer, Chance. It's called soccer. (laughs) It's so awful. They were doing it in Qatar, too. They were chanting behind the, behind the, uh, the commentators, and they had signs that they had big signs that said, It's called soccer. The arrogance. The arrogance. I know. The rest of the world. The England does, the UK does call it uh, soccer sometimes. But the rest of the world says football. football. F-U-T-B-O, that's in Espanol, football. Football. 
not soccer. Not soccer. See, this is see, and this we're the is one why, little country. This is another reason why you leave in two. That's right. The exactly. Air, the air another another like poss possible possible. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Of the arrogance and the because I would have felt the same way in that room if I heard a bunch of white people and others call it saying USA. I'm like, is there like a is there a rally? Where's the there, Trump rally? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where's the where's where, are we like, storming the Capitol? What are we doing? Is this the mob? This is the yeah, is this January sixth. Oh Jesus, my not all over again. <laughs> And then it's called Ooh. soccer. Mm. Y'all, that's I know, tacky. I know, I know. That's I know. ignorant. It's ta exactly. It's ignorant. Mm -hmm. I, it's, it's, no. I agree. I was really put off by it. I was like, we're just, it just makes us look bad. But when I go, I mean, whenever yeah. I go, <laughs> if I leave, when I leave, and I, whenever anybody asks where I'm from, I will just say San Francisco. <laughs> just like, I'm yeah. not going to say, I might say, California because don't say, just say because those two things. well those are the only I mean I can claim I can legitimately claim California as a birthright in that I've never paid rent I've never lived outside of California you've always paid your taxes to California. always paid I've never paid anything but state taxes I've always had Wells Fargo <laughs> this is my first bank um, all of it I'm super Californian and so I feel like when I'm an international traveler that I will claim California, and I will not say. I don't ever say I'm America. I always say, you know, I'm from Chicago, or I'm mm -hmm. from, you know, California. Yeah. And, but people get excited. Cal oh, California, because they think Hollywood and shit like right, that. They you think, know, they think Baywatch. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. So that's where the conversation opens, and at least Chicago is a place where people, oh, Chicago. oh, you know, yeah. people are familiar with, you know, St. Sure. Louis. I don't think, yeah. But anyway, but. Yeah, I don't ever say. I've heard other Americans say, "Oh, I'm from America." Like, uh, I don't know that. In <laughs> I was so embarrassed in 2003 when I was in Amsterdam, and I was with a group of people, and and we wouldn't say anything. And when people would mistake us for Canadians, <laughs> we'd go, "Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> eh, we're Canadians, eh." eh? Mo yeah. Mon Mon Montreal, eh? <laughs> yeah. like, Parlez-vous français? Montreal, eh? <laughs> no, but we just wouldn't correct them. If it, they, some people would say, oh, clearly you're Australian. <laughs> Mate, <laughs> put another shrimp on the barbie. Let's just hang out and smoke pot in Amsterdam. Oh, yeah, so I, was, I wasn't, I wasn't going to claim... George Bush. I just, I, yeah. George Dubs as my own. No way. Mm -mm. I, but when I do open, when do people find out that I am from the States? And sometimes I'll say, I have said I'm from the States, but um, dialogue opens, especially when it gets political, which oh. I love. I love it. Mm. It's happened so many times, even this past time when I was in Portugal, dialogue and. And, and and the beautiful thing is what was going on in Portugal when I was there was the um the election of the president in Brazil. Okay. So because they you know Portugal Brazil you know they uh, speak Portuguese they, in Brazil. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Little uh, tiny but, country, lots of ships in the 1600s, <laughs> all the way to the 1880s. <laughs> but everyone was paying attention to that. And so after when Lula won, you know, I there was more political conversations about the states and I'm just like, 
going I'm lo- I'm listening to the news in Portuguese and trying to follow it. Sure. And then looking at the new American news on my phone, I'm just like But I don't think Lise Bolsonaro, which is Trump, their version of Trump, he's out, but he's trying to play like, you know, Oh, this is it was a, it was they stole it from me. Exactly. Did the, you know the they Trump do that? Card. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But I, you know, earlier you said that you were worried about 45 possibly running becoming or, or becoming president again becoming 47 i don't think he will this i, I love this new, optimism that you have this 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 blind optimism this there's is beautiful a new racist in town and his name is ron de satan in florida the governor and he wants to run for president they're going to push him so they want to have a bigger racist for president yeah. so then people a will racist vote. with a that is not too um uh chaotic see but that's why people will if vote for Trump because he's a, he's like a hidden racist still. Well, DeSantis, DeSantis is the one that they want to put in as the running or as the runner for the Republican Party cuz they can at least polish to Satan and he's not too <laughs> erratic huh. like Trump. Trump is just erratic and so they're, you know, though they're still sucking his mushroom dick. Um since he's lost 2018, 2020, 2022 the Republicans are getting kind of fed up with him, and they're looking at the Satan. But the problem with the Satan, and we've talked about him many times on the show, is him being the governor. Uh, he is the governor of Florida that put out that "Don't say gay in schools," and it's going through in Florida. Oh, he's no. that guy. No. So, but the thing is, he's not on social media being erratic, and so right. which the Republicans. Because so he's quietly being That's a racist and a homophobe. He's just a quiet, quiet, the quiet, the quiet yeah. part. Oh, well, Roe v. Wade was overturned. And like I said, gay marriage is next. And if the Satan gets in, then you know that's exactly the first thing that's going to happen that's is that I'm they're going to repeal. <laughs> and but didn't Trump of. just said he wants to abolish the Constitution? Constitution. <laughs> And you couldn't even get anybody in the Republican Party see, to denounce him for saying so, that. So, but here's the thing of why I see that some people could get behind the idea of denouncing the Constitution. Because the Constitution, a lot of us say, especially on the Democratic side and the Socialist side and the POC side, that it's a super racist piece of legislation. When it was originally written, the whole three-fifths Three-fifths. thing is so gross. And all of the stuff with the landowners, and it was all white men. And I get it. And so I could see people, I could see people backing Trump, POC and females backing him for saying, let's create a new piece of legislation that isn't racist. But I think the problem is the people in charge are inherently still racist and they want to make it worse than it was before. They'll take out all the rights and privileges that exist in the Constitution. If you build another one, then what safety do we possibly have? And they've already changed everything with like the all that stuff about them having all of our texts and all of the stuff that 9-11 did and they, they've been watching us and they have all of, you know, all that stuff. What's it called? The um, oh, Have they taken away? That? Well, they've, yeah, they've taken away all our civil liberties in so many ways, and yet, if you take away the Constitution, once you remove free speech, we're all fucked. If we make a new Constitution, who who do we trust to ratify? What what the fuck? No, but I can see some people siding and saying, "Tear it all down and rebuild it." Yeah, and those and the that is. I what you're saying because people don't do their own homework about the 
people that they're voting for or mm-hmm. some of these candidates. And so with that, I can I don't I can't disagree with you completely at all because when people see new eye candy, they're like, "Ooh, what's this?" Instead of doing your homework about how this person votes and how you know what laws and what are they about, they just see this tiny little talk. And it's just like he talks right. I, I'm a vote for him. Like yeah. right now, we have the Georgia runoff. Do not vote for Herschel Walker, please, for the love of God. That man is such a sellout. <laughs> um, the runoff between Warnock and Walker. We'll f- hopefully we'll find out by today. I'll be up. Is this a recount since this is back a recount? From, yep. But from November, and yes. we're finally we're in December, and it's getting done. Yeah. This okay. is this is today. Wow. This is today. So find out if we have George Warnock, uh, or sell out Walker. <laughs> but you know, it's what can any of hopefully by this time you will play more. I don't know. What here's the thing though is that we in if San Francisco has gotten this unfeeling toward people, because I'm talking about the homeless people that are cold on the street. This is like the last bastion of sort of like art and love and joy and beauty and being weird. And it seems like that's gone. Like enough rich people moved in. And now it's $17 hamburgers with no fries <laughs> and children stealing toilet paper from the Walgreens. Like, that's what, and there's poop on this. And then, and then no one can get health care. It's hard. Tents. And you've got tents and it's raining. No one has shoes. And, you know, I don't want to go back to the $17 hamburger, but like, there's a bunch of them. <laughs> it can't, I mean, Anyway, San Francisco's going to hell in a handbasket. And as much as I love a good bonfire, because <laughs> s'mores are my favorite and I love to roast marshmallows, it's too expensive to watch. Like, I'm burning my own pot money in the pile to stay here and, and, like, deal with the aftermath. I know San Francisco has given me the skills that I can go be happy pretty much anywhere. I've got enough education from this place. I've gotten enough experience from running this place. I've I've gotten a lot of things out of San Francisco. I've become a stand-up comedian. I have a huge script. Oh, that's the second book I can write. Oh, my God. I would write, if I had time and a little bit of distance and I wrote the poetry book first, I could write a fictionalized memoir of my 11 years in San Francisco. I'll be like, in an 11-year undercover study, <laughs> deeply embedded. You know, like I'm this journalist that did an 11-year undercover study as a comedian. Anyways, I would write, like, a tell-all fictionalized memoir. I'm not going to do any of one of those, like, millions of pieces. It was real. I was really in jail. And then <laughs> and then Oprah's like, this is the book of the year. They were really in jail. And then you find out they were never in jail. jail. And they're like, <laughs> well, it was a fictionalized memoir. And it's like, Oprah just started a genre. It's called fictionalized memoir. It's true, but it's not. You don't know what's true, what's not. Basically, the only true thing is that it's my name, and then, the, and then every some things are true. Like I'll probably keep all the places real, but I'll change all of the names. I like the idea of the you know the great scoop that you tell. 
Oh, Indeed. screenplay. I've already written all the screenplays. I'm just going to give those to Nikos. He already read one of them. He read Dottie and Bree, and he's like, this is really good. I can give him voices. I have so many. I have like eight screenplays that are written right now, and they're just sitting there. And they're all different lengths, too. Some of them are like 50 minutes. They're all, some of them are like Netflix. Anyways, I've got a lot of that stuff written. But the fictionalized memoir would just be, I wouldn't even mean it to be a movie. I'd want it to be a book. Because it's, I mean, comedy is, the only people who do comedy are really damaged, hurt people. And it's people who were like, who were ostracized as children, who were beaten, who were abused, who saw horrible things. This is what comics are, seriously. There has to be some kind of trauma that gives you the impetus to be like, I'm going to stand up in front of people with nothing except myself and my words, and in I'm going to make them laugh. That's an insane thing to think that you can do. And the only place that can come from is like extreme trauma. Or maybe someone's life was so perfect and awesome. Maybe that's the other way. It's, it's either extreme. But you would think that so many misfits could all sort of like band together. But I think that what they do is they band together in these little tiny enclaves, these little little groups there's little clicks and so then it's just like high school again it's just a bunch of hurt damaged confused people that are all trying to be creative and they're all vying for the same stage time and space and acknowledgement and it just gets ugly and toxic and gross it does and then sometimes you're on the outside and sometimes you're on the inside and some people like you sometimes and then sometimes they like you and then they don't like you. <laughs> and then it's like, what did I do? Why don't you like me anymore? What did I do? I didn't do anything different. I've been doing the same thing the whole time. And then, you know, it's so, ugh, oh my God, when people don't come to your open mic, it's like, whoa, wow, they don't even want my free stage time. Everybody hates me right now. What did I do? Right. So all that stuff, it's just a very, but I mean, and I, Maybe I even would write it from the perspective of a 14-year-old. It honestly feels like the cheerleading thing again. It feels like I'm a cheerleader. Like, I know I'm on the squad. There are eight cheerleaders on the squad, and I know that I'm one of them. And at the end of every game, I go, where's the party? And they all go, there isn't a party. And then on Monday, everyone's talking about the party. That's what mm-hmm. I feel like. That's what, I had a dream last night that I was at a comedy show, and everybody – was talking about where they were going next, and they weren't telling me. They are trying to keep it secret, though. And I was like, I looked at one person, I don't remember who it was in my dream, but I was like, it's okay, I get it. You guys don't want me to be there. Like, keeping it a secret right, makes it that, even worse. That was, that was gross. I remember you talking about that. But that's a dream. I mean, well, that's a dream oh, I just I had thought, last but, night. But didn't, that, but didn't that happen months ago? Oh, it happens all the time. Uh, all the time. It's just people, but that's the thing, is it's not, it's not rude. It's that... People don't want me around, and I get it. I don't want to be where I'm not wanted. I get that, and sometimes because I get it. When I when I hide in the corner and try to be normal, people think I'm standoffish. When I'm myself and I have a personality, people think I'm a stage time hog. I'm a hog that I'm that I'm that I'm t- talking too much. If I it's like I'm, I'm damned if I do, I'm damned if I don't. If I drink too much and I'm actually comfortable, I have to hope that everybody else drinks so they won't remember anything. You have to go. That was your alarm of 3.05. Thank you for the free therapy. <laughs> um, anyways, we'll see what happens. It's two weeks from two today. Weeks, so uh, today, I think, that, I think the meeting is at 1.55 is when I hear the news. Okay. And so I find out, you know, my fate. And then I either have to clean this place up so fast, so fast, 
Um, or, or I have to clean, actually clean it up. <laughs> um, yeah. Either way, there's either way, be some kind of cleanup. There's going to be some kind of cleaning being done either way. But, you know, it, honestly, I promise you this. If I get the money, I will not complain ever again about how I am disliked in the comedy scene. It doesn't matter. I do what I do for the comedy scene because I do it for Mutiny Radio, mm -hmm. for myself, and for the city of San Francisco. That'll be my, I'm being paid, I'll be paid by the city of San Francisco to provide stage time for comics. I can handle that. I can be cool with that. I can be like, I have a purpose, I feel valued, I feel acknowledged, and I don't need it from the comics because I'm getting it from the city. Bing. I like that, I like that too, because like it makes me a boss. Yeah. It you makes are. me, I'm the fucking boss. And then, and then there. Yay! 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 I like that note. And then, and then next year when we do the festival, we'll have the, I'll time it right so that everything will be perfect and we'll be super ready for Phoenix Day. Because we've already done it once, so it'll be so easy this year. And then this year I'd actually have money for promotions because I'd have money from the grant. So it'll be like, we just did a dry run. Now it's going to be great. And you know what we're going to do? We're not going to involve people in San Francisco. Only the people who get involved in San Francisco are the hosts. And Oops. I pay them because they're professionals. And everyone else is from out of town. And all the people in San Francisco, and they'll be like, why am I not on your show? And I'll be like, because you're a piece of shit. No, I won't <laughs> say that. I won't say that. I won't say she, that. No, she'll just I say, you're just not good enough. No. Oh, no, my God. I can't ever turn into my mother. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Jeff of Truth. I'll see you soon. Yay. o'clock it's monday it's time for the joke workshop 
You're on Mutiny Radio. FM. SF. Yay. You're all here. We're all here. People are listening. This is going to be fun. Uh, we don't have a lot of people signed up on the list, so um, we can do comments. We have definite time for it today. If you have burning comments, please, there'll be a mic out there and you can give them to each other. And that's fine. But other than that, they'll just be four-minute sets. At three minutes, you'll hear the horn. And then uh, I try to do it on a punchline. Yay! All right, no one signed up in the number one spot today. Uh, I, if I'm a little slow, I'm sorry. It's World Cup season, so I'm I'm having weird, weird hours because <laughs> it's World Cup. Uh, your first comedian tonight, everybody. Put your hands together for Newman Shake. Yay! <laughs> Happy Monday. There. Um, I know I, I drool a lot in my sleep. I do that. Yeah. And I was sleeping with this girl recently and uh, she got mad at me for drooling, which I did not think was fair because she spit in my mouth like 20 minutes ago. So, yeah. Um, and I'm, I think I'm open to a lot of things like sexually because like I'm Gen Z, like we eat ass as like a courtesy, you know, but, um, I'm not good at dirty talk. Like, uh, I was hooking up with this girl recently, and she took off her bra. And I want to say something, like, really sexy. But all I could come up with was, ain't no way. You know, that's all I could say. All right, that's... Yeah, um, I feel like homeless people... I I feel like homeless men are really good at sex. I do. Because, like, if you bring a homeless guy back to to your place, he's going to, like try to last as long as possible just so he can stay inside as long you know like that's all yeah i feel like the apple screen time feature that's a weird feature on your phone because it's a feature that makes you feel bad about using your product using their product too much like no other company can get away with that like mcdonald's can't have a thing where they're like if you eat more than if you eat here more than three times a week we're gonna call you a fat fuck you know like that's not something they can do um, my favorite Christmas movie is this uh, 2001 Tim Allen movie called uh, Christmas with the Cranks. Yeah, and if you haven't seen this movie, it's this movie where uh, Tim Allen and his wife, they decide to go on a cruise and start celebrating Christmas. And uh, their entire neighborhood gangs up on them and forcing them to celebrate Christmas anyway. And uh, the reason why this is my favorite Christmas movie is because it's also my favorite horror movie. Because uh, as someone who doesn't celebrate Christmas, the idea of my entire neighborhood ganging up on me and forcing me to celebrate Christmas is fucking horrifying, you know? Like, if they put Tim Allen Brownface and call that movie Christmas with the, Christmas with the Kumars, that would be my get out, you know? Like, it'd be, it'd be crazy. Yeah, I'm trying to be more truthful with my family. Like, my sister was telling me that she wanted to be an illustrator when she, grew, she grows up, and she's like 10. And I had to sit her down and be like, you're going to be a soldier in the wa- water wars. Like, that's what you're going to be. Okay. Yeah, also, um, <clears throat> got a weird relationship with my parents. Like, my mom, she had me when she was 20. And I realized that's going to cause a lot of problems down the line. Like, I can't put my mom in a nursing home. I'm just going to see her there in, like, 10 years. It's going to be super weird. Got a weird relationship with my dad. Like, my dad, um... He got mad at me once. He's like, Newman, I'm really disappointed that you're not 5'11". And uh, I'm 5'10". And uh, he's 5'8", so I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. But I will fight him. Yeah, I, I worked a lot of weird jobs in my life. Like, I used to be a Ross security guard. 
but you guys could tell because you looked at me like he looks like he protects five dollar purses for a living yeah i like working at ross because i would steal so many things from that store like my manager she'd get mad at me she'd be like newman you're a horrible security guard people are stealing so many things from you and uh, that was just me you know what i mean like she wasn't insulting me as a security guard she was just complimenting me as a thief that was really nice of her <coughs> to be a lifeguard and while I was working there, they gave us this incentive where they're like, for each person you save, we'll give you an additional $50. Which I know is supposed to motivate me to be a better lifeguard, uh, but all that really did was make me push kids in the deep end more often. Alright, I think this is my time. Give it up for... Newman Shake, the thief of our hearts. Yay. All right, your next comedian, all the way from South City. Clap your hands together for Wally Hippolito. What up, y'all? Happy holidays. Good looking. No, you guys aren't good looking. I'm not going to fucking lie to you like that, guys. Now, don't. Uh, you know what you fucking look like. Come on. Uh, I had a good Thanksgiving. Did you guys have a good Thanksgiving? Hell yeah. I I went down to L.A. Uh, to my girlfriend's house. She lives in this place called The Suburbs. Yeah, it's a great place where uh, you don't find shit in the, don't find shit on the streets, but you find it in the toilets. I like it. I like it, honestly. Like, uh, I like, I like the suburbs. I don't, I'm from the city, honestly, and it's, it's a change of pace. It's a change of pace. Uh, I, um, I spent the week patrolling the city. Uh, it's called Diamond Bar for, uh, for other Filipinos, uh, just so I can kick them out. Because uh, in a town as nice as that, there can only be one Filipino, you know what I mean? Otherwise, you get Daily City, and that's just a shit show, honestly. Yeah, cool. I, um, any Marvel fans here? Yeah. Yeah, no Marvel fans. Yeah, dude, I'm a big Marvel fan. Uh, my favorite superhero is Spider-Man. And uh, I think uh, throughout the years, they've had, like, Hundreds of variations, right? But I'm waiting for the Confederate Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, because, like, in Spider-Man was debuted in 1962, and he was 15 years old. You know, civil the Civil Rights Act didn't pass until 1964. You know, like, that guy was definitely in a picture with Jerry Jones a couple of years before, you know what I mean? Like, I am, I am certain of it, guys. I am certain of it. And, like... I know, I know Spider-Man was slinging web tiki torches because in Infinity War, in Avengers Infinity War, he did not go to Wakanda to fight the battles. This motherfucker went to space, y'all. Like, and, like, it just be, <laughs> damn it. I'm glad the only black guy here is getting a rip out of this, but, uh, but no, he, he went to space instead of Wakanda because he really wanted to see black people get eradicated. Like, if you watch the entire MCU, guys, this guy did not talk to a black dude until he came back to life. And then he started hooking up with him. Like, he learned that black of the berry is the sweeter juice, you know what I mean? Cool, thank you. Um, I don't like white guilters. I think they're worse than neo-Nazis. Because, like, there's, you know, there's only a certain amount of stats that you can give me to let me know my, my life is shit, you know what I mean? Like, with a neo-Nazi... At least they know what they want from me, you know? They want me to get out of their town, okay? They get out of their country, and, like, what I will definitely oblige after I'm done fucking their wives, okay? Because that's what we do. That's what Stockton Filipinos do. Uh, 
Thank you. Um, I I'm getting a new bar. I had to get a new barber because mine is fucking rude. Yeah, I um yeah, she was a rude she was a rude lady, man. Um, you have to get a new barber when she's always telling you shit like, in the middle of a cut, she's always telling you like, ooh, ooh, damn, fucking to myself. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna give my time back to the room, guys. Thanks a lot. Wally Ippolito needs a new barber. I, I cut, man, I cut my own hair. The last person who cut my hair was a 12-year-old girl. <laughs> That's how I roll. Uh, you get a Floby. Remember those from back in the day? Your next comedian is new to the room, so be nice and stuff, everybody, and clap your hands together for Mike Luss. Yay! Okay, he's... They're not here. I thought it. I thought it was you. Your art. Your art. I'm sorry. There's new people. Uh, Ezra, you're up next. Hey, everybody, clap your hands together for Ezra Lux. Yay! Hey guys, uh, I know this shirt is like too tight. I look like a. Yeah, I look like I look like a tube of toothpaste. No, seriously, I ordered the shirt on the internet. I ordered the wrong size. And then, like, the first day I was testing the shirt, I just, like, sweat through the pits. And I was like, I can't return the shirt. <laughs> so I just have the shirt now. Um, you know that phrase, uh, bull in a china shop? Um, I learned this similar phrase, bull with a china shop, which is how I refer to Michael Jordan. Okay, that one's not funny. <laughs> um, I, uh, I recently got a new job uh, being a tour guide. Uh, and it's, it's I, I actually do have this job. It's pretty fun. Um, but it's weird because it's like I don't like it here. Um, I've lived here 21 years and I, I'm sick of San Francisco. Um, I hate it. But when I got all these like German asshole tourists like making fucking fun of San Francisco, I just get immediately into like Johnny Cochran defense attorney mode. <laughs> like there's all these guys that are like, there's lots of uh, poop on the street here in San Francisco. And I'm like, hold on, we're trying our best, guys. Like <laughs> we're, we're working on it, you know? And they're like, always like, oh, there's a lot of like, uh, people with mental illness here in America, we do not have that in Germany. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah? <laughs> Why? <laughs> that one's also not really funny. I'm just kind of blown off steam because those guys suck. Like, they don't understand how, like, tipping works. I, I don't like them. I, uh, let's see, related to that, actually, I don't want to backload this with, like, you know, Nazi material, but, um... <laughs> I, uh, I ha I've had this weird thing where, like, a lot of people, you know, they know that, like, Hitler was a painter, but I've had this similar experience where they're like, oh, yeah, he's a painter. Like, what were his paintings like? And I was like, if you have the internet, you can Google that. So they, like, Google it, and they're always like, wow, he's actually, like, you know, pretty good at it, <laughs> which is it's kind of weird. But they're always like, I, I think they're surprised that he's, like, a competent painter. Um, he's not, you know, he's not, like, killing in the painting game or anything but he's like he can f he can do it you know but i'm like i don't understand why like what do people think his paintings were like like if his paintings sucked he would not have gotten away with that shit like if his paintings were just like a stick figure of a guy with a hitler mustache stabbing someone people would have been like hmm, maybe we should check that guy out like of course they're confident <laughs> i don't know i'm, I'm just kind of like testing out shit i thought of when i was high yesterday which is probably not a good idea uh, let's try one more. I speak this language. Uh, it's a very stupid language to know. It's called Yiddish. 
how you guys know it. A lot of people think it's a dead language, which I always uh, correct them. I'm like, no, it's a dying language. <laughs> um, I like it. I like it. I like it, though, because it's like a very, I feel like it's a very inherently funny language. Like, for example, like the word, there's a word, Fargagangan, which is like, that's too many Gs. And you're like, what does that word mean? Like, shart? You know? It's like, gotta be something hilarious. No, that's just the verb for go. <laughs> like, that's like the most common verb ever. <laughs> but it's like weird, because it's like the only people that I can communicate with in Yiddish are like my grandparents and like Hasidic Jews. And I don't know if you like know about them. They don't really have them here. They're more in New York. Both of these groups share a, a common interest in complaining about my life decisions. So like every conversation I have is like, why aren't you an architect? Why aren't you in fucking synagogue? Like, shut up, dude. They're like, it's like the way I explain it is like they're basically like Amish people that like also like heckle you. Which like Amish people usually just like mind their own damn business. <laughs> um, anyway, I think that's all I got. Thanks, guys. Ezra, everyone, hooray! You should share this podcast with your Hasidic Yiddish friends. All right. Uh, speaking of uh, Jewish names, uh, your next comedian. Put your hands together, everybody, for Abe Rabinovitz! Yay! Hey, that was quite the shtick. All right. The dying language. Okay. Uh, George W. Bush was also a pretty amazing painter. Yeah, he, yeah. Uh, yeah, after every one of his paintings, he said, mission accomplished. So that was... All right, well, I guess I'm the only 46-year-old here. That's fine. Guys, I'm a born-again Christian. Uh, uh, yeah, it was probably the Jewiest thing I'd ever done. I was just like, you never know. And then I uh, went back and repeated a bunch of shit that a priest said. Uh, and then I uh, fucked this guy. All right. Uh, that's a joke, but um, I didn't suck anybody's cock yet. <laughs> yep, I uh, got the Jew thing going on. The uh, yeah, my friend Ernest was like, "You should be born again." And so I went and did it. He's like, "You should do it. You gotta get. You gotta save her soul." And I was like, I'm, "I'm. I don't know if I need to do this. I'm of the chosen people, but I did it anyway." And then a few a few years later, uh, he became a crip, and uh, yeah, so. And then he wanted me to be a crip. He's like, you need to get ranked in. I was like, I don't want to be a Jewish crip. You know, like, the only crip that can't hang out on Saturdays and shit. Like, and they and they believe like like those 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 crips believe that Jews actually control the weather. They'll be like every year they'd be hassling me like this fucking better be a white Christmas, Abram. Puto. Yeah. And then I sucked all their dicks. Yeah. Fucking. Uh, let's see here. I don't know what Crips are doing anymore. Like, tech <laughs> what are they like? Are they still banging? Are they using our technology? Like, technology is changing. Are they still emailing each other? Like, hey guys, don't forget to wear blue today. You know, this is this is our color, you guys. You know, we're ranking somebody in this weekend. You know, sign up for the doodle to do the ranking. I don't know who's up for this. You know, sign. Don't forget to write on the walls. You know, hashtag at Crips or whatever or on Twitter. Uh, you guys have a good Thanksgiving. Mine too. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I had a good one. I uh, my 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 girlfriend's mom was like, uh, 
this one over here <laughs> is really awkward. She's like, stay with her. I'm going to be dead soon. I want her to be happy before I die. You can live here. You know, parents say crazy shit. My mom, my mom is was a respiratory therapist, and she she like notices people that have blue lips. So if you're not getting enough oxygen, and you have blue lips, that means you're not getting enough oxygen. She's like, Mitch McConnell has blue lips. I wish he would just fucking die. And uh, you know, moms say wild shit. I gotta get high around my mom because she'll just talk about about boring shit all the time. Uh, you know, she'll talk about her iCloud password. I'm like, I don't know your iCloud password. I don't know. I don't know what your iCloud password is. But when I'm when I want high, I'm like, all right. I I'm in the cloud right now. I'll go get that shit. Steve Jobs 420. Yeah. We watched Naked and Afraid the other day, which made sense because that's how we both first met. And then I sucked your dick. All right. <laughs> that's the sound it made. Um, Christmas coming up. A couple years ago, my, my sister-in-law had a baby. After the baby was born, she got Bell's palsy, which I was like, well, that sounds like something you get around the holidays, right? I don't know. And they got they got upset at me because I was singing that holiday song, you know, deck the halls with bells and palsy, you know, la 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 la. Tis the season you can't smile. When you blink, I think you're winking. Fa la 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 la. I thought she was winking at me. Uh, I was like, what about my brother? Like it's the palsy. I was like, oh yeah. All right, thank you. Hey, for benefits, everyone, bringing us the Christmas. Spirit, hooray. All right. Um, just so you know, Brandon and Max, when someone's not here, I'll fit you guys in. Uh, put your hands together for your next comedian, Brady Pearson. Now, we're considering you for a part in our new production. How do you feel about... Well, uh, hello, gentlemen. And Lauren. Lauren's always one of the guys. That's yeah. One of my fantasies to be locked in a room in the mission with a bunch of guys. I know he's like, oh my god, what is it gonna do to me? Excuse me, do you speak homosexual? Or do you, do we make you uncomfortable? No. Oh, you have. How was that? It's okay. Did, did you suck him off or anything like that? Just, just you know, asking for a friend. Ooh. You know they might. I've been out a long time, and I realize like I don't spend enough time trying to um, speak heterosexual. So I'm gonna ask you guys some questions. Okay, I'm not your guy. So guys, um, are there any alpha males in the house? Right. Um. So what makes you an alpha male? Just being fucking alpha. Yeah. So so you don't suck the dick. No, you don't. So d does the is the beta the one that sucks the dick? Is that what happens? No? Oh well, right. Oh, oh I'm sorry, I'm getting confused. We have top and bottom where I'm from. I mean but seriously, like what is it what is a beta? What is it like do you get what is it? Betas? be both ways. Well, that's see that sounds like gay dating. I like it. I think we have more in common than we think about. I mean, hey. I mean, 
Is anyone having a problem with cocksucking? Is anyone that's not like their cocksucker? Is there a single guy in here that with their eyes closed would say, please stop sucking? No. Really? Okay, educate me, so tell me how. This is public relations here, people. Is it a ghost? <laughs> it, it could. Can you get you? Apparently we can. Oh my God. Apparently you can't get your dick sucked by a ghost. Poltergeist, it's a very different mood. Come, come into the light, Carol Ann. Okay. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> Come into the light, Caroline. Start dreaming of small women. Big pools, okay. Guys, you just feel so close to you tonight, and I want to thank you for coming to my fag talk. Oh, but you don't like fag? Okay, so I have something just for you. Well, I mean, I don't know. This is, I guess I'm cute enough to be a bear, but I mean, I have to have a lot more her, but, you know, it's okay. Ah, so seeing you, my friend, you make me think of this boys' camp that could have been but never was in Lake Putatinmi, Wisconsin. And we would run to the mess hall, and we would sing the Camp Putatinmi theme song. And it went a little something like this. Oh, I love you, Putatinmi. Put it in me every day. Love you. Put it in me. Put it in me all the way. On your shores. Put it in me. I am yours. Put it in me. Put it in me every day. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm used to men walking out in the middle, too. Thank you, guys. Yay, Brady. So brave doing crowd work with a room full of comedians. So brave. All right, uh, your next comedian, one of my favorite people in San Francisco. Clap your hands together for Lauren Kraut. Yay! Thank you, Pam. Thank you, everybody, Monday night people. All right. Um, I used to be more in touch with my body, and not in that way. Must everything be about sex with you people? Please. No, I'm talking about that that uh, thing that you get when you, you exercise or do, ex you know, yoga or something. I don't know. I don't do that kind of shit. I pretty much live in my head. And don't take that the wrong way either, you twisted lot. No, I mean, I have conversations in my head all the time. Like, why is that guy frowning? Is he mad at me? No, I think he's just crabby like that. Are you sure? I think it's me. Well, I know one thing I am in touch with, my feelings. And I can feel you wanted a better ending to this joke. So did I. All right. Uh, do you think cavemen knew that they had to have eight hours of sleep? And how could they tell? Did they, I think about, I woke up one day at two o'clock in the morning thinking about this. If they have, if the word came on down high, from the Cavemen's um, Physicians Association, and it said eight hours of sleep is optimal. And all the cave people said to themselves, we want to comply, let's do this. What is an hour, and where do I get eight of them? 
And then they said, bam, bam, go to sleep. Wake up when the cock crows. Because we don't, that needs a better ending if you guys have a suggestion because I've been working on it and I, I'm hitting a block. Um, what is this one? Oh, because I, oh no, that's, oh, I've been depressed um, about half of my, I've been clinically depressed about half of my life. Here's a depressing thought, sorry. Here's a depressing thought. I've been clinically depressed almost half my life. Here's an uplifting thought. At last count, 27 of my various therapist kids attended Stanford, Harvard, and Yale. Coincidence? I don't think so. Here's another depressing thought. I have a BA in English and theater, a master's in creative writing, a teaching credential, and a certificate of completion from Columbia University School of Bartending. All true. And yet I stand before you without a steady job. Here's an uplifting thought. At my last set, I got a free drink ticket. Comedy pays! Here's another depressing thought. Most women my age are married or in a relationship, have kids and grandkids and good jobs and nice homes in Walnut Creek. I have none of those things. Here's a depressing thought. Most women my age are, or here's an uplifting thought. I'll get this right yet. Most women my age are dead. <laughs> well, that's probably not a good, I'll work on that and get back to you. Thank you. Um, you ever notice how once you start writing things down on little slips of paper that you have little slips of paper everywhere and post-its and all different colors and not line paper and three by five cards and and pretty soon you've got a mountain of little paper scripts of paper telling you that you're a failure because you can't have a book or a phone like you know normal people and okay that's still working on that one now. Thank you. Um, that goes to this paper. See, this is old school here. Because I have OCD, people have asked me to explain the difference between obsessions and compulsions. When you have obsessions, you worry a lot. You avoid unlucky things like raisins. When you have compulsions, you repeat certain actions over and over. You touch and count whatever says, touch me, count me. Should you have both? and you obsess all day about your compulsions, then you're fucked. <laughs> did I touch the kitchen table? When I left the kitchen, did I touch the table? It's Monday. I fight crime on Mondays. All right, there's some people in the other room I have to count. Thanks very much. Yay, Lord Growls with new jokes. Yeah. Yeah, the caveman joke thing, I was thinking too, I was going to say pictures, something like the, their alarm is that they have to write, draw a picture on the wall or something, or that, the, right, but, or that the saber-toothed tiger has to wake them up, or, but. When Ugg gets eaten, that's when it's. Nope. Saber-toothed tigers and cave. Drawings. Everybody, Lauren Kraut, yay! Yay, 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 yay. 
your next comedian, he was just uh, giving things. I laughed so hard at you on Saturday at that uh, show. Put your hands together, everybody, for Spencer Devine. Yay! I had a day. Uh, I walked, what, 14,000 steps, got a three PS3, and shoved a Muni cop. Uh, so I'm living real hard. He, it, it, they're not real cops. They can't impede your exit. They're not allowed to touch you. Just saying. And there's like, oh, there's a, there's a camera. You can't push me. There's a camera. And I'm like, what are you gonna take it back to Muni CSI and and really crack down on every bearded dude that you find that didn't pay for the bus? It's all of them. None of us paid for the bus. <laughs> You know, fuck, fuck that. My tax dollars are going to freedom, not to this late-ass 29. Uh, I, um, I am an agnostic, um, and what that means is that cosmically I am undependable. Uh, <laughs> I don't trust my opinion. There might be mustard somewhere on my body, and I, I don't trust my opinion of if there's a god or not um people are like oh spencer don't you, you know you should get in good with god don't you want to be good with the man upstairs uh no i have five fucking roommates and no one told me god was moving in i don't know how big eternity and all of everything is but i'm sure it won't fit in a fucking two by two walk-in closet how big the walk-in closet? I don't know dimensions. Can God make a walk-in closet so small that he himself cannot accessorize it? I don't I don't know. These are the big questions we must uh I don't believe in superstitions. Um I, I, I feel that uh they are dumb and they're a way that we convince ourselves to be dumb. Uh and so I walk under every ladder I see because that might be the safest place in an earthquake. Uh, and if I, maybe I don't like how I look and I'm going to break a mirror, uh, because they were built to be fragile. If you didn't want mirrors to break, maybe you should have made them stronger mirror industry and I'll be damned if I give a black cat any more power over me than it already has. <laughs> I, he already can just yell at me and I feed him if I have to stop and go around him every time he walks in front of me? Jesus, it's gonna be ancient Egypt all over again. Cats ruled those suckers. No one, no other, no, no other modern civilization is, is like, oh man, cats are so cool. We know they're evil. We revere them, but they're not good. If, if, if someone wants to know if you're a dog person, it's a more serious question than it used to be. Uh, it used to be like, do you like dogs? Yeah, I like dogs. And then you would go on your way, modern America. And now it's actually a question that means, are you a serial killer and can I trust you? Uh, <laughs> if people want to know if you're a cat person, that's a health check, okay? They're just making sure that you're okay. If people want to know if you're a lizard person, 
That's because they're in the deepest seats of government and they're behind everything. Uh, but oh no, how are we gonna tell who the lizard people are? Has anyone in your life ever legitimately said you should eat a cricket? Fucking lizard person, okay? Just I'm gonna leave on that. Think about it. Follow the money. All right, it's been Spencer Divine. Spencer Divine, everyone. That was fantastic. Your cat said, "Oh my God, is he eating crickets?" Dear Lord, that was amazing. All right, your next comedian is a favorite all over the Bay Area. Put your hands together for Jason King. Yay! How's it going, everybody? Make some noise for yourselves. We're doing the work. We're doing the work. Hell yeah. Good set last night, dog. Well, we root for each other. He's gonna go wash his mouth off because things are gross. He's screaming in the bathroom. Everything's gonna be okay. Wash your mouth out. I, I don't know if we have hand sanitizer. I know there's some gel. I don't know. Oh God, are you okay? You can use a different microphone. Use the one that's on the table. Is, is he gonna be okay? It's like that time last week where I accidentally fed Kavita some pecans and she almost died. You can use the other mic if you want on the table. Pull it out. Mutiny Radio FM. This is the Found Round Sound Show, in which we're featuring the music from the films of John Hughes. So, if you please. Please, please listen to the rest of this show. You will dig it.
Welcome, friends, uh, to the Alta or whatever it is now. <laughs> I don't know what we're even. What are we calling this? Uh, sure, we're here. It's Tuesday, and uh, hanging out mutinyradio.fm in .sf with Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, um, and myself, Pam Benjamin. It's been an interesting week. Uh, we're just waiting again to find out what's going to happen here at Mutiny Radio and. Just keeping up the comedy. Uh, there's a special show this week at OMG on Thursday. It's a special Christmas show. Uh, anyway. Almost, almost. Maybe. I'm not I'm not good at math. So. Uh, yay. Oh, it is. It's the 13th. It's the 13th, 25th. Yes, so we're starting the 12th. So on the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me an ounce of some really good weed. (laughs) (laughs) On the second day of Christmas, my good friend gave to me two new pipes (laughs) and an ounce of Christmas Christmas weed. weed. Yep. A whole ounce, a whole ounce. No, I I always have weed. I know. Well, and I don't, I didn't, I have a different backpack right now, so I don't have any weed on me, which is a bummer. Um, because I went, I got a free ticket to go see Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock on Sunday. And oh, so you were there when they were booing Elon. I booed. I was a big booer Yay. of Elon Musk. Uh, I was a, definitely one of the people booing. And what I realized at the end, uh, art is dead, capitalism lives. And um, Dave Chappelle is a total sellout. It was the biggest joke of all, though, because basically what he was saying at the end of that show was that racism no longer exists. It's all classism. He's Once you get make enough money, race doesn't exist. You're just part of the 1%. And he's friends with Elon Musk. And the funny thing is he brought in Elon Musk and goes, who's this guy? 
What he doesn't acknowledge is that the money that Elon Musk made to be able to make more money is based off apartheid. He's from South, South Africa and apartheid. So when Dave Chappelle brings Elon Musk on stage and goes, why are you all booing him? It's like, why aren't you 